It's show 92 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, the industry news and Evelyn Jefferson. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. 30 years ago, a software product was born, which was the first commercially available record storage software. Way back then, it was called RS-DOS. The software package introduced barcoding to the then ACRC population on a commercial scale. Tim O'Neill, the founder, was told his software just wouldn't ever catch on. Nobody wanted that kind of thing. But as we know today, they were wrong. And that spirit that Tim O'Neill brought to the industry of leading it and developing new cutting-edge opportunities actually continues to this day. If you want to learn more about O'Neill and what they can do for you, you can check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Is that music I hear playing in the background? Seems to be. Welcome I think we're to starting. The Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. It's me and we're back. Welcome to this show. June is well upon us. Life is good. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're enjoying whatever season you're in. If you're on the Southern Hemisphere, which many of our listeners are, I hope you're enjoying uh, things as you head into the deep of winter. But here in North America, summer is setting in, and it's a good one here in San Diego. I'm pretty excited to let you know that Shredder Mom is on the show today. Evelyn Jefferson is a longtime sales manager at Allegheny Shredders. She's also a destruction industry icon. As you know, I love industry people's stories, and I knew Evelyn had a great one to tell, so stay tuned. We're about to chat with her. But before we do, as we do every week, let's get you caught up on the most recent industry news. All the anticipation and excitement of a big announcement from Brambles about the sale of Recall ended up a pile of nothing this week. Brambles announced this week that Recall was no longer for sale as no one, Shreddit and Cintas included, wanted to pay Brambles what they thought it was worth. This is no longer just a business story, I'm sorry to say. It's an emotional drama. You know, I'm concerned for how Recall feels now about all of this. Can you imagine yourself being the second biggest one in the world at something and your parent decides to reject you and put you up for sale because they went in debt over a couple of other new kids they, they brought in. Then after all that, no one thinks you're worth what your parents want for you to actually pay off the debt. Then your parent finally says, forget it. We're not selling you after all. Come on back and be part of the family. I want you to imagine right now the love that's happening in the Brambles family today. The feeling of being wanted by recall. You know, it's intense stuff. It's likely none of that, but that's how I thought about it. Well, the point being, recall is back in the Brambles fold and it looks for the time being they will stay that way. In other news, Iron Mountain looks to be ready to convert to a REIT. Almost a year after the hedge fund group Elliott Management nudged Iron Mountain to do so, 
Uh, it seems like it's going to now happen. Iron says it will become a REIT January 1st, 2014. And as part of the conversion process, Iron Mountain would distribute between $1 and $1.5 billion to shareholders from accumulated earnings and profits. So, yeah, that's pretty big news. In other news, Eagle Secure Shredding of Atlanta has just acquired ShredDisk, a mobile hard drive and electronic media destruction company based in Greenville, South Carolina. ShredDisk will continue as an independent division of Eagle. Congratulations to Ian Taylor of Eagle on the purchase and to Brent Amayet on the sale of his business. In the greater world that we all interact with, some other huge changes this week. Google has been making some ongoing monstrous changes that unless you're fully aware of these things happening, you might have missed completely. Google Place pages got completely disbarred this week and brought into Google's plus social media fold, and that's big news, along with so many other changes that are happening Yesterday, actually, a significant change occurred in Google search algorithm, and uh, it has really thrown search results into a tizzy. So if you're wondering why things are weird and bizarre in your search results and in what's happening, you got to know that Google is making some monstrous changes that are forever, I think, going to affect how organic search is done and if that weren't enough i gotta tell you that google's really big goal out here is to make money and some of the things they did in this last week are pointing to me if i had a crystal ball that would say google's in this for the money not for you keep that in mind well that's all for this week if you have news you want to share drop me a line if you've just acquired someone and want to share it the best place to do so is right here on the rim pro report I'm going to get Evelyn Jefferson on the line. Hang on a sec while I get her. Evelyn Jefferson is the sales manager at Allegheny Shredders. But more than that, she is a destruction industry institution. There is no more familiar and friendly face at trade shows than when you round a corner and you see her, who we affectionately call Shredder Mom. Mom, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, it's so cool to have you on the RimPro Report. I'm glad you're here. I am I'm so grateful for your place in the industry, and uh, I'm glad to have you on the show today. And I am honored to be on the show. I oh. told my, my guys at work, hey, I'm a movie star. I'm now on the radio show, so look at that. Who knows where I'll be next? <laughs> <laughs> so give me an overview of Allegheny. I realize that a lot of people on the show or who are listening might know who you are, but in case they don't, give me a sort of a broad strokes overview of who Allegheny is. Allegheny is a privately owned company owned by Don Wagner and two of his sons who I affectionately call the boys. Yeah. And Don has started our business 45 years ago in his garage and we currently have 125,000 square feet of manufacturing. Don was the first ever in the industry to build any shredder over seven and a half horsepower. And now we build up to an including 300 horsepower. Wow. So he's an inventor. He's pretty, he's an amazing man. Wow. Tell me a little bit more about John, because, you know, you, you just said he was an inventor. He's really one of the pioneers of the industry, wasn't he? He is absolutely a pioneer of the industry. As I said, the only person ever to build a shredder. And he went to a shredder manufacturer, a very old shredder manufacturer in Ohio, I think 125 year old now and said you know I need a 10 horsepower and 
they said, no, my bearings, I'd have to change the bearings, and this would break. And as he said, in a nice way, they said, we don't really want to change anything. So he built the first shredder over 7.5 horsepower, and definitely we've built all kinds of equipment, product shredders, hard drive shredders. Our, our clients absolutely know if they want it, and it's a special request. John never says no. Huh. He takes it, starts as he used to say. On, he's a little better now, but used to be on the back of an envelope. We absolutely have computers. We have CAD. We have it all. But it all starts with John's head. Really? So I actually read somewhere, I can't remember if it was in one of your old newsletters, that he actually was the original one to create a product listing for paper shredders in the Thomas Registry. <laughs> that is true. He did start. They didn't even have a listing in the Thomas Register. Wow. And he actually started that. And as he said, you know, and today they finally quit publishing the Thomas Register after all these years. Yeah. Wow. The the history of Allegheny is one that uh, obviously has been around a long time, building the first treader over 7.5 horsepower, and now you're building 300 horsepower ones. But when was a turning point for Allegheny in, in terms of when it sort of came into its own? Because for a while, as a manufacturer, you're typically just trying to figure things out, and inventors tend to do that. They figure things out for a while. But when did Allegheny kind of turn the corner to become actually a thriving entity? I think what really, ha or I know what really happened is in the beginning of time, we did all of our business by direct mail, and we sent out to banking institutions. And our, our really core competency business was were the end users, insurance companies, banks, anybody that would need a shredder, that's who we really marketed to. Right. But in the early 90s, when the paper market went crazy, and when Shreddit used to be my guys would complain about Shreddit, and I always said, guys, are you kidding? There was another inventor. He did all the marketing. Greg Brophy did all the work. He introduced Shredding to our world. Right. And for that, you guys say thank you, yeah. and you can do a great job. There's enough room, there's enough business for everyone in this industry, whether it's equipment or the shredding guys. But in the 90s, when the paper market really skyrocketed, that's really what put shredding back on the map for shredding service people, for contract shredding. Right. So before we go on to your story, because I'm very intrigued by your story, but before we go on, uh, Allegheny is a really strong family business. Tell me a little bit more about that. Is a family-owned business. We're really on our third generation now. But wow. John, and he is proud to say he celebrated his 80th birthday this May as well, and he has two sons in the business full-time at our factory. He has a third son that does our marketing and catalogs and websites and all anything like that in Oregon. Hmm. And now these boys, these two, two guys in the business, they have children that are in college, that Jim Wagner's son, Jeffrey, has certainly represented us well, going to trade shows with me, and does a lot of service installation work for us. So we're working on our third generation. Wow, wow. Let's get to your story. You've been at Allegheny for almost 24 years. So let's go back to the beginning. Tell me how you ended up at Allegheny. Basically, I just a friend of mine said Allegheny was looking for a clerk, somebody to do shipping, I don't even know what the job was. Right. And I was watching my grandson and said, huh, maybe I'll 
I'll go see. So I walked in the door. I've had a lot of experience in sales in uh, corporations, so came in very low-key, didn't wear a suit, didn't want to be overqualified, just wanted to work part-time or would still watch my grandson. So honestly, walked in the door and filled out an application, didn't fill out a resume, and was hired right away and was hired to do, I think, shipping. And I did that a few weeks, and one of the boys said, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be in sales. And I'm like, I know, but I still have to leave at 4 o'clock because I need to watch my grandson. And they said, that's no problem, and the rest is history. Wow. So two, so that two weeks after that, and so I, I love that history, so let's not <laughs> lose that history. So two weeks after, you're a shipping clerk, and you get told, hey, you need to be in sales. So what happened? I just came up. Our sales department's upstairs. I came upstairs, sat down at a desk, and everyone thinks it's so easy. Sat down at a desk, took a phone call, and sold a shredder. So they were impressed. They thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. You know what? It was a reorder. It, it was easy. It's not the easiest thing in the whole wide world, but it just kind of set the bar. So do you remember who that sale was? I do. It was a company in Jeanette, Pennsylvania. Wow. It was called the Elliott Company. I do remember. And, and it was a reorder. They it, had our shredder, loved it, called up to order another one. And what what did they order from you? An office shredder. An office Jay, shredder. A Model J. Wow. Tell me then about the transition from picking up the phone and answering and doing a reorder to getting your first sale in terms of this is a sale that you actually got on your own. Tell me a little bit about that first sale. That I don't remember my huh. first sale. I do remember my first business because one of the things that we didn't do is we didn't travel. We did everything from the telephone. People called us and really didn't. There wasn't a true need to go out and sell shredders, like I said. They, yeah. We advertised, they called, and things started changing. And even before the, the guys in the contract shredding company would call, and they want, they want to see a face. Even though they know we have a good product, they want somebody to come look at their building, see if they have enough electricity, see what the deal is. So yeah. never rented a car, never had, I think I had been on an airplane twice, a little puddle jumper. And someone called from Texas, and it was a pharmaceutical company, and said, we need you to come out and look at our space. And I'm like, okay, sure. Never, never did that. Got on a plane, never rented a car, got a car. And it, I think that was, possibly when Waco was going on, because I kind of remember hearing the news and then saying, crap, I'm almost to Waco, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and yet you had never really traveled up to that point. Never traveled, never. Wow. And now I travel worldwide. Yeah, you're a, you probably have, you know, one of those elite status where you get into a private society in the airports. Not so, you know what, that was the good old days, yeah. but unfortunately Pittsburgh is not a hub, so I can promise you that that status is disappearing, the, I can tell you. Yeah, I, I, I remember having that status at one point, and once it disappears, it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing. Yeah. You, you, know, you used to be treated like royalty, and now you're just treated like everybody else. It is, it's a cattle call. Yeah. The, the best thing I love about it. It, like everyone, it's not the first class upgrade because, and that doesn't happen like it used to. That's for sure. Yeah. But what does still happen is at least they still get to board first. 
Yes. And I'm just happy about that so I have a space for my bag. Right, exactly. Over the years, you have undoubtedly, over the last 24 years, you've undoubtedly seen a ton of changes in the industry, the shredding industry, and probably more particularly the contract shredding industry, as you call it, or the the service part of the industry. Tell me some of the major transitions you've seen over the years, as you can recall them. Major, major, as I said, originally, Shredit came along, if I'm allowed to say that. I mean, they're a great company, but... And started in the mobile shredding, and yep. way back then, my guys and I had a particular someone in St. Louis and someone in Columbus, Ohio, and my Columbus, Ohio guys still shredding mobile and plant-based still today. But everyone started out with a little truck with a generator and hand-fed it, walked, had a lift gate on the back of the truck, got a box up to it somehow or the other, shredded in a mobile truck, and very labor-intensive, very slow, and evolved to plant-based once again in the 90s because the paper market became a commodity, and it had some money behind it, obviously. So they built plants, bought shredders, bought balers, grew that business, and grew it to what I saw the most was when these guys, guys, guys and gals, grow or grew the business, and then they sold the business waited out their typical five-year non-compete, and then they're back again. Right. And I'm like, I have a, a gentleman down in Dallas, Texas, who I say, who did this, and I say, when I see you for the third time, even the shredder mom's gone, really. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it hasn't happened, but I expect it to. Well, you've, you've just raised an interesting point, which is you're affectionately called shredder mom. How, how did that all come to be? I ha- I don't know that. I honestly can't tell you that. I just think because most of my clients at that point were very young guys in their 20s, and they were very smart. They would say, wow, you know everything, and I'd be like, are you kidding me, guys? I learned everything from you. I don't know anything. I learned it all from you. I'm like a sponge. Yeah. But I think because I knew them, I knew their children, I've gone to weddings, I've gone to baptisms, I've gone to birthday parties, and they're just like my extended family. They're the best, the best. I had, if I tell you 10 phone calls on my birthday, I'm probably, it's probably 20, but it's amazing from everywhere around the world. Well, that, that uh, I, I think that comes from having sort of an insider status in the industry because those of us who live on the vendor side of the industries and have been around for a period of time, and I, I've been around the industry for about 12 years, you, you're more than doubling me. The, the sort of, you become an institution, you become a part of the fabric Well, where what we see a lot of times is vendors who we help get into the industry and help them improve their condition and sell them equipment. They come, they sometimes go, but they're not necessarily always the uniform ones. They're not always the ones that stay. People like you have been just a perpetual person who never goes away, always there, always part of the fabric of the industry. And that creates these long-standing relationships that are quite impressive. Well, I think that I always say that I had the best mom in the whole wide world, which I I thought everyone did, but unfortunately they don't. Yeah. And I believe I'm the best mom in the whole wide world. I always say, 
did a hundred things wrong in my life, but the one thing I know that I did right was being a mom because I love being a mom. Right. So it's just a natural, these guys, gals, are just they're like, they're just another part of my family. They're, I can't imagine. It's the only reason why retiring is going to be difficult when that day comes because it's going to be hard to leave these people. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's going to be very hard. Well, the, the industry has grown exponentially over the years, and even in, since I've been in the industry, I remember the very first trade show I went to, there seemed to be maybe, you know, it was a small group of people, and in the last 10 years, this thing has just blossomed, and it's grown significantly. But throughout these 20 years or more, you have birthed, and I'm using the mom metaphor there a little bit, but you, you've helped to birth a number of kids' stories of yourself. Without necessarily giving away names, do you have any favorite stories of helping someone get started in the business? Wow, that's a good one. You probably have many. I do have many. I will tell you, I had a gentleman that called and said, oh, I think I'm going to get into this business and come over, and his parents or his in-laws were in the scrap business, and Drove over, had a crappy building, had a uh, in-floor little pit going up to a baler, bailing up everything from scrap to paper to cardboard. And he wants to stick his shredder over this conveyor, and he's in the shredding business. And I said, listen, you want to compete? You want to be part of a trade association? Eventually, you want to be certified? Can't have the shredder here. Cannot. And this was long before certification really became prominent as it right. is today. Right. And I said, don't you have another building? And he goes, well, yeah, across the, call it the tracks, because this is a scrapyard. Right. Across the tracks. And I go, well, let's go see it. Great building, high ceiling, stuff everywhere. And I said, well, can we have this building? And he said, yeah. Cleaned it out, put a shredder baler in there, and these guys are very successful today. Wow. So... It was like, no, you cannot put it over here in the scrapyard. Right. It has to be separate. Right. So, and a lot of, have a family down in Texas that, to a mom, I don't have very many moms and sons, but had a couple along the way. There aren't very many women. Even today, there are more, of course, in the shredding. There are more women in the storage than in the shredding business, I think. Hmm. And um, mom and two sons that, grew tremendously, watched them grow through the years and ended up selling out to corporate and really one of them is still in the shredding world and still stay in touch with those people today after and they've sold 12 years ago. Wow, wow. The mistakes you've seen people make over the years and, uh, you know, as, as someone who works with, with companies that are in startup mode or in, in growth mode, uh, people do make mistakes, and as it relates to buying equipment, what are some of the mistakes people make a- as they start thinking about shredding equipment and buying that kind of, you know, a significant investment? It's the single largest investment that a shred operator will make. What are some of the mistakes you see people potentially making? I think what I learned from John Wagner, and that is always can sell a shredder that's too large, never can sell a shredder that's too small. So I have guys, and of course when they have budgets, they're limited as to what they can purchase, but they need to buy the largest piece of equipment that their budget will allow because they're in business. Obviously, they want to grow, and they do grow. Yeah. So in balers, a lot of times you'll get a closed-door baler because it is substantially less than an auto-tie baler. 
Right. And I can't tell you how many guys have called and said, should have listened to you, should have gotten the auto time. Right, because the, the, the budget's the thing that, that limits them at that point. The budget is almost always in the shredding side of the business what limits them. Yeah, so are, are there ways that you've found to help people get past that? Because sometimes the budget that we think we have is not really what we, we have. Well, I think the most thing is do buy what you can afford. Stretch the budget as much as you can, but you have to save room. Of course, you have all the other other items that you have purchase in our business which are bins and everything trucks and everything else that goes along with it yeah but we we allegheny take all of our equipment back in trade so when you buy something and you buy what you can honestly one year three years five years we still will take it in on trade and sell you a new machine yeah a lot of times we will do that you guys tend to focus more on plant-based equipment correct we do we really do focus on plant-based. We still very seldom, but once in a while I will get somebody that will put together a truck with a generator. But we really we dabbled in and out of that mobile business, but we do not sell mobile trucks, large yeah. mobile trucks. Well, it's funny because when I first got in the industry, the first truck I ever looked at in terms of potentially purchasing one was a used one from somebody in Canada and they had it was just a you know a flatbed i think it was a 26 footer or something and and it had an allegheny shredder in the back of the truck and i you know that was always the first my first connection to to your company was through that truck that i looked at to purchase back in the day but um, very honestly we long before mobile trucks were built and there are some great mobile truck builders today out there but we did put together also, the first mobile truck, which was powered with a generator. Yeah. And then a 2022, 20, 24, 26-foot box. Yeah, yeah. So the, the hard drive shredding and the evolution of digital has led you into other aspects of shredders. Tell me about the growth of the hard drive-type shredding operation. Well, and that's another John Wagner story, is always anything that we ever built the first time almost always has been because I've said to John, John, we need to have this. Can you build this for me? Because when I go to the boys, they're busy. And they're like, no, we don't need that. No, we're busy. And when I go to John, he absolutely will build it. So hard drives, I put a piece of paper in front of him and said, you mean to tell me you can't build me a hard drive shredder (laughs) on a Monday? Left town, came back on Friday. On Friday, he had the shredder put together. On Monday, he had power to the shredder, and on Tuesday, I sold the shredder. Wow. Wow. now we build hard drive shredders and have them actually around the world, including Germany. Yeah, because, I mean, your your stuff keeps showing up because the work we do, we keep seeing your stuff show up (laughs) in in terms of, okay, we got to start marketing the hard drive shredding, and and, um, your equipment keeps showing up all over the place. So that's very cool. keep up with the time. I know. I know. So that's where John, honestly, he's amazing. Yeah. So if you had a crystal ball and could predict the future, and I know moms have this incredible ability to predict what might happen, where do you think the industry can, is heading? Where Where do you see the shredding industry evolving? I think when I had this conversation with everyone knows Bob Johnson, yeah. but we all, I always say, oh, my crystal ball is like cloudy. Where is it going? Because we said together... Five years ago, 
it can't possibly keep growing the way it's growing. Right. And then I heard you say on your radio show, Nate added 79 members this year, already first quarter. Right. So, crystal ball, I don't know. I, I, I would have said it can't possibly grow, but I think with the, with the media, with the hard drive, with the way things are going today, I honestly, I don't think there's an end to this business. Yeah. So, at least in the foreseeable future. Right. If you could walk back into Allegheny 24 years ago and talk to the girl who showed up at the, well, she wasn't a girl at that point, but. <laughs> no, she wasn't a girl. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that that's a significant, it feels like 24 years ago, because uh, I, I can't believe that 24 years ago you had a, you must have had a, you know, a kid while you were 12 or something, because you don't seem a, a day over 40, so. Um, Thank you. Can I tell you that I married my childhood sweetheart right out of high school? Wow. And knew him since age 12. And I have been, will be married 48 years. Wow. Congratulations. So I was a baby. That is so cool. He's a great, the best husband in the whole wide world. So, but going back, imagine that you, with everything you know today, could go back and talk to Evelyn back then. So Shredder mom goes back and talks to Evelyn, who's just been moved upstairs two weeks after showing up at Allegheny. What would you tell her based on all you know today? What would you tell her to expect? What what advice would you give her? I would say to her, always listen to your heart because it never lies to you. And I would say what I've said for many years, and that is it's hard to do the easy to do the wrong thing it's hard to do the right thing hmm. so if you always do the right thing hard as it is but with your customer with your family with anything then you're going to be okay yeah wow that's great advice my only two words of wisdom for what that's worth how do you stay in it as long as you have there's got to be a passion for this that just kind of keeps you going a lot of people would have said yeah you know it, it was a good run but man you you're like the Energizer Bunny. You can't stop you. Why, why is that? It's absolutely only two reasons. It's Allegheny. It's Dawn. It's the boys. And then it's my clients. They absolutely keep me going because they make they think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. They really are the greatest thing since sliced bread. But that's what keeps me going. Yeah. I've heard rumors that you work harder than anybody else. And I mean, my, my gut instinct is that's true, but you know, you're, you just, you love going to work, don't you? That's the thing. Jim Wagner says, Ev, I never met anybody like you. No one likes to work like you like to work. And I love to work. I love, I truly not kidding you. I love my job. Wow. So if you could give a person getting into the shredding business today one incredible piece of advice, what would you give them? I know you've got reams of it. You've, you've forgotten more than most of us know. But if you had one opportunity and somebody got a chance to just, you, you got a chance to give them 30 seconds of advice, what would you tell them about the shredding business? I would tell them, do your homework. Find out who your customer base is going to be. See who's in your marketplace. And then try to do something a little different, like jump it up a notch. Do something that your your next-door neighbor, your competitor is not doing. And then whatever that is, it's what it is. It might be drive-through shredding. It might be residential shredding. It might be Saturday, come see us. 
I don't know, but definitely do your homework, see what's out there, and then put your heart and soul in the business because it is a great business. Yeah. Evelyn, you are a rock star. Anyone who can do what you've, you've done for 20 years. I love being a rock star. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but anyone who could do what you've done for these many years and be successful is someone to be highly admired and to be, to be honored, I think. Thanks for your service to the industry in so many cool ways. And I, I just really feel privileged to have you on the show and also consider you a friend and a colleague in the industry. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the show. I really, truly, truly am. All right. Well, we'll keep looking for you in all those wonderful places. It's been a pleasure, Shredder Mom. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Bye-bye. Hey, there's another great interview. Evelyn is an institution. I am so grateful for her willingness to be on the show today. I appreciate your presence on the show as well. I am grateful for every time you tune in and listen to this show i i know it's a a great honor for me to do this uh show on a regular basis and meet and interact with so many interesting and wonderful people and what i love about it is the ability to share it with you but if you aren't listening well i'd have no one to share it to so thanks for being here if you're doing something interesting in your business please let me know i'd love to hear from you and i'd love to have you on the show this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. I spend a lot of time talking to people around this industry every day. And one thing that everyone takes for granted is how great their software is. It just works. Well, the company that set that standard and continues to do so is O'Neill Software. If you're interested in learning more about them, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. That's it for us for another week. Come back next week and we'll have another great interview for you. Have a great week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon. Thank you.